Welcome back to Two Movies, One Pod with your host, Em and Kinka. I'm Em. I'm Kinka. And on today's episode, we are discussing two musicals. They are 2001's Moulin Rouge, directed by Boz Lerman, and starring Ewan McGregor, Nicole Kidman, and Richard Roxborough is my educated guess on how to say his name. And 2002 Chicago, directed by Rob Marshall, and starring Renee Zellweger, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and Richard Gere. Yeah, now these movies... <laughs> these movies are movies. These movies, they're interesting. <laughs> we always um, say that. No, but like, they seem to always be like considered in like the same vein. Like If you look one of them up on IMDb, like the next movie it'll show you is the other. So... Yep. I mean, that's, that's, that's not inherently why we did the pairing. We're not that lazy. We don't just look on IMDb. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I've seen Chicago before, and I really, really liked it. So I wanted mm. to do it, and then Moulin Rouge, you know, came out within a similar... Like, within a year. But the point, what I'm mm. trying to say, what I'm trying to say is that I was under the impression that these movies were similar. Right, me too. Because, like you said, like... You always, those are like, because it's just because they're both like burlesque type movies. That's literally the only thing they have in common. Yeah, and they're stylistic. Oh, and they were made a year apart. Right. Yeah, exactly. But like, they are nothing alike. Mm -hmm. They are very different. And one of them is better than the other. (laughs) Yeah. And I wonder if you guys can guess what we're going to say. Because uh, both of them have won a lot of awards. So... It's shocking. It's so shocking. But I'm glad that we pretty much have the same ideas about one of them, at least. Yeah, it's interesting because Chicago started as a uh, as a stage stage play, stage musical, whatever, what have mm-hmm. you, and then was adapted into a movie. But with Moulin Rouge, it's the other way around, and that <laughs> is interesting. It's, yes, it's not a good thing. So th- that just that makes me question Mulan Rouge even more because it's like this was original. They decided all these decisions. It's not like they were adapting something and it's like, well, this was just in the original, so it just like exactly. has to be here. No, they right. chose it, like, to it, do this. It would make sense if they were adapting it from a play mm-hmm. because then then you get it. Sometimes it doesn't translate well, but when it's a movie first, honey, you had the whole. You could have done anything, and y'all decided to do that. Yeah, this... Uh, when you make a movie, you can make anything. Yes! Anything. It doesn't have to look like a freaking play. You know what I mean? Like, God. And that's what I thought. That's what I thought. I thought this was a play first. And mm-hmm. you were like, no, this is a movie. I'm, like, for Moulin Rouge, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you would never guess. You would never guess. <sighs> yeah. So, let, let's dive a little deeper into Moulin Rouge. Let's let's justify yeah. our distaste, so to speak. Yes. It's just like what what the fuck? Like it's it's okay. It's what they call a jukebox musical, which is not inherently bad. Like you mm-hmm. know, like I talked about it uh, across the universe, I'm, you know, I'm repping the the Beatles today. Yes. Across the universe, that's why I wore it to make the connection. Um nice. that I've only seen it once. So it may not be as good as I remember, but I remember it being pretty it damn good. It It is. And here 
why I think here's why I think it justifies itself as a jukebox musical across the universe is because mm-hmm. it you know it's the Beatles music from the 60s and it's a it's a musical that uses the Beatles music from the 60s in a setting in the 60s it's the music yeah, of its, it's era so in its era it's not like Moulin Rouge where they're singing uh not singing in the rain what the fuck's it called the hill the sound of music like for 30 40 years before it even happens and they're singing Nirvana. They're singing "Smells Like Teen Spirit" in fucking France in 1899, and I got so mad. I'm like fuming inside right now. I'm like silent because I'm so fucking pissed off about this. It it does not. I want to scream. It does not fit. It does not it fit. It's not like clever. how dare you? Okay, maybe how maybe in 2001 it, it was clever. Maybe. What? Smells Like Teen Spirit had been out for, like, not even ten years at that point? Oh, yeah, but to use it in a freaking hundred years before, it doesn't fit! Yeah, that's what I mean. The lyrics, the sheer simple of the song, it doesn't match with that timeline. It it doesn't, like, I just... The music choices in Moulin Rouge are fucking piss poor. And that one song that Christina Aguilera and all those ladies came out with to, like, uh, you know, market the fucking movie, maybe was in the in the movie for three seconds. I swear to God. There was no... Like, I was expecting Pink, uh, uh, whoever the fuck else is in the song, Christina Aguilera, you know, all the ladies to come out and, like, have a cameo in the movie. Yeah. I was like, oh, hell yeah, that'd be awesome. No. I don't even this know song, what you're talking about. The fucking uh, Gitchy Gitchy Yaga, yeah, yeah, that one. Oh, that was that made song. for the, for the this yes. movie? Yes. Wow, well, they did yes. not, they did not do a good job of conveying seconds. that. Yes, we heard it for three seconds, and I'm like, that's it? That that that's what the, everybody. I'm spitting. I'm so fucking mad. But that's how everybody. That's how I know that movie because that song. That was like such a song and like a music video back in the day, and mm-hmm. it wasn't even in there. You've got all these covers. I will say that one song, "Come What May" in Moulin Rouge, absolutely beautiful. Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor killed it. So beautiful, really touched my heart. It was really giving like a uh, Phantom of the Opera vibes, like uh, what's the one with what's his name? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, the remake, you know, the remake with uh, Gerard Butler. Oh, I, I'm he's... aware of it, but I've, I've not seen it. No, I've not seen any so, Phantom of the Opera iterations. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, it's just like, I'm just saying like, it, it's nice to have that romantic song mm-hmm. that was really, like I told you, the redeeming quality of that movie and that one scene that we really liked that actually fit in the fucking movie yeah was it Roxanne that the their version yes. of that song that and was we were making fun of it good. we were making fun of it at the beginning but then they actually you know they linked like another song into it as musicals do and it was actually really good and we yeah. were like damn this is good but anyways I digress I need to calm down because yeah, I'm fucking pissed the thing with the two leads Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor is mm-hmm. like they fell in love just because like there was absolutely no reason for first of all when they first met she was like borderline raping him he yeah, was not was there to sick. have sex I didn't like that. and uh-huh. she was throwing she was throwing herself on him pinning him down and shit 
it was so unnecessary and he was not yeah. into it he just he was there to just read his little poetry he's a poet he's a writer but no now yeah. he's being raped and then i don't know and then the next scene they're singing longingly looking at each other from across the road it's like what the fuck happened <laughs> Well, the- and they literally met that night. He tries. She he she tries to rape him. Then he's like, "Oh, I miss you and I love you." Thirty minutes later, I'm like, "Sir, she just tried to have sex with you, and now you want her? Like, it just doesn't make sense." Yeah, it's. Oh, it pisses me off. It's truly just they are the two leads in a musical. Therefore, they have to be in love. There's right, right. That's it. Just because you tell us someone two people are in love doesn't mean they are. When right. all their actions does not convey love. Show that, right. So that was just very frustrating. So, and so what was the question? I'm sorry. Oh, well, I, I'm gotten so off topic. <laughs> it was about the uh, Moulin Rouge being a, a jukebox musical, you know, that that immediately takes you out of it. When you're watching something that takes place in 1899 France and you have fucking, what's her name? Madonna fucking like a virgin like that just oh my fucking god it's just like that's not what's going on here (laughs) it's so and it was sung no no hate towards men but it was sung by men who can't sing worth a fuck yeah two dudes it was so cringy it was so cringy and I was just like what a what a what a this has really Madonna would be upset yeah like, cause the guy, the me, the men in these movies, besides Ewan McGregor, cannot sing. Yeah, they had that. Cannot sing. Circus ringleader looking dude, and he's always like. Bleh! Oh yeah, yeah. It's just such <laughs> such random side characters that make no sense. We never figure out why John Leguizamo is the way he is in this movie. Yeah. We're just like, why are why are you like this in every movie? Yeah. Why are you the comedic relief in every movie? Poor John Leguizamo. This is like our <laughs> second know. or third movie with him now on this pod. Yeah. And, he's and every not time. Good movies. <laughs> it's so cringe. Yeah. But anyways, I think that it being a jukebox musical makes it worse. It it really does a disservice to that movie. If that movie had its own soundtrack, would be so much better. Yeah. The original music. Is there's like one that did we deduce that there was like one original song? No. No, there's not because even I, one. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think that come no, that come what may song that fits so perfectly, it is not an original song. None of these songs are original except for the fucking gitchy gitchy yaya song that wasn't even in it. Who the fuck? See this this I'm sweating. So am I. Boslerman. <laughs> who the fuck let him make movies? Okay, I know I'm upsetting people. I don't like You're upsetting him. me. I don't like his Because his the style. Elvis movie is great. Well, I've not seen it. But you know why I haven't seen it? Because it's Buzz Lerman. That's why I haven't seen I Elvis. Because I know it's going to be some dumb shit. It's going to be like, hubba hubba. And then Doja Cat is singing and there's fucking skyscrapers and shit. <sighs> I know. I No, I get where you're coming from. And like I said, there was almost a, a 10... There's like a 20-year gap from the Elvis movie and this movie. And... Um, you know, The Great Gatsby was like, what, 10 years ago, possibly. So I think this was just a fucking bomb. Even though it got awards and shit, it was, it was, this is, this is not good. I don't know. I just, I, well, I agree that it's not good, but I disagree that it's an anomaly in Baz Luhrmann's filmography because everything I've seen of his is in this vein where 
it's in the past, but they have like in the Great Gatsby, they got the, the blasting Jay Z in, in a Roaring Twenties like house party. I actually like that. It's like what I the like fuck it. is I can't this? Help it. it it just know, doesn't work to me. It's such a disconnect. Like I understand if you're gonna do that. Why not just make an adaptation of The Great Gatsby that, t- that takes place in modern times? Like what he did with the Romeo and Juliet with DiCaprio, right? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. He, didn't, he didn't set that back in the fucking 1500s and have Eminem in it. No, right. he just set it in modern times. So I don't understand yeah. why... <sighs> it's, to, it's to throw that like spice of like uh, modern shit on it. But it works, in my opinion, in The Great Gatsby. It works in the Elvis movie, in my opinion. Because it just is so, like... that. Those movies are so sexy and fun. Moulin Rouge is a fucking... Just... It ain't sexy at all. Yeah, like, you remember the first, what, like, 20 minutes of it? We... Kinka, I swear to God, I almost had a fucking anxiety I attack. I, I was like, Kinka, I can't watch I this. I thought that I was dying. When we were I was it. like, did we just take acid or something? Like, what the fuck? It, it was, was scary. Insane. And all the sound it felt effects. Like we, it felt like we jumped into a movie halfway. It was so fast paced. The whole, first of all, the whole movie is so fast paced. It's so, like, you cannot retain shit. Yeah. And that's why for like the first 45 minutes, I was like, so they're writing a play because the the guy is like their investor pretty much and you're like yeah and Maybe. it was just like it was confusing yeah we didn't know we didn't even know what was happening till like it was almost concluded yeah and all these songs all these mashup of songs and we're just like I, I can't. I honestly can't. I will never fucking watch this movie again. This is down there. Okay. I, we need to get into the questions, but all I'll say is the first half of the movie is absolute dog shit. The second half of the movie was a redeeming quality. wasn't at wasn't great, but it was good. I it finally started to like. I felt something for once, yeah. you know. But the first half, I'm just like, okay, wait, what? Well, who is this? Wait, what are they? What's Why are they going Scottic? Yeah, it's fucking crazy. I'm just like, yeah, I, I, like I can't. No shot can last more than three seconds. Yeah. It's like a fucking PowerPoint presentation. It's just, I don't know what the fuck is going on. You're showing, it's like a music hall with hundreds of people all dancing and Boz, Mr. Lerman over here, feels the need to have reaction shots of every single fucking person's face. Every time someone takes a breath, there's a fucking reaction shot to it. It's like, like you know, like in other movies where like someone will be telling someone very something very serious and they'll pause and it doesn't go to the other person. It still stays on that person because they're about to talk again. No, not this movie. If, if that person stops talking for one millisecond, it's cutting to the other person. They don't even have a reaction. They're just like... Still there. Because it's one second. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't make sense. Remember I said this? I said Mulan Rouge is edited like a TikTok. Where it's <laughs> yes! just so rampant. Yes! It's We can't lose your attention. You know, I'm surprised Subway Surfers didn't like pop up in the middle of it. And then you didn't see like someone cutting For up real? clay or something. They just felt the need to, yeah. to hold our attention. So desperately. Just anything. Anything. So oh, weird. a squirrel ran by? Oh, look at that squirrel. Like, <laughs> it's like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> just... Yeah, can't focus the on movie a single is from thing. a point of view is a, a point of view of a dog. A dog watching these people like, huh? 
It's so ridiculous. Just insane. But anyways, I'm glad I got that out. Um, but I'm sure we'll be talking more about it. Um, so in your opinion, Kinka, do you think that um, to bring up Chicago and Moulin Rouge, because we are talking about Chicago, even though we fucking love hating on Moulin Rouge. Do you think that Chicago is its satirical story? And also, this is a two-parter, do you think Moulin Rouge takes itself too seriously? I'll start with the Moulin Rouge aspect of that question. I don't know why I became like a southern little girl, but um, it's just like, it takes itself seriously, but it also is purposefully goofy somehow. Like, like. I remember yeah. the the dude. He's like he like spins like he turns around and he spins like a fucking tornado and it's like it's just it's like a it's like when we are in VC spamming soundboards. That's what move scenes in this yes. movie are like. Yes. Like yes. it's just like. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just people. They're just having a conversation. They're they're talking yeah. and then they're walking past somewhere and talking and just while they're walking it's just like. It's like boing. Yeah, boing. that sound. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like the vine boom like, like yeah. just calm down. We just I just this is just this is a movie. This isn't a vine. This isn't a TikTok. This isn't a YouTube short. This is a movie. We don't need yeah. a noise every second to keep us entertained. So it it's so it's as goofy and as cheesy and as nonsensical as possible. But it's also super serious when it's like oh they're gonna shoot ewan mcgregor it's like it it's it, there's a tonal oh, clash my like, fucking god the whole lore of that goddamn gun oh my god yeah it goes flying into the fucking moon 30 times 30 <laughs> times it's flying in the air i can't like um, anyways like what you said like it goes full phantom i almost said phantom manor phantom of the opera um <laughs> right so it's like super serious towards the end but like the majority of the time it's just like a scooby-doo running sound effect <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's so just, un- such a disconnect yeah the, there's no reason for it at all it's so it, it, it like we said it's like looney tunes yeah it's like why this movie is supposed to be like romantic and funny i guess like and this is where we get to that point of is this a fucking comedy because it's like they're trying to be funny, but none of it's funny. It's cringe. Yeah, well, they got it's good old weird. I don't. John Leguizamo is trying to be funny with his fake nose. Are you sure that was a fake? I mean, I swear yeah, to God, I, I swear to God, it's a fake nose. Different color than his entire face, so I don't know. It was very odd. And he talks weird again. Yeah, he's like, oh, for no blah, blah. He's like a, no, a no reason. Always giving him some weird. Fu- yeah, always giving him some weird ass like. Um accent and it's like just because the man can do good ac- good accents doesn't mean he should have one in every movie yeah and it's so odd with John- and he's three foot yeah. tall as well yeah why was he so short there's no reason for know. him to be that short like they had actual um dwarves yes. i believe they had actual dwarves in the movie yeah but then they just had john like that was like super short for no reason and he wasn't like being he wasn't portraying it a was dwarf just, he just yeah, was, it was short. just because yeah just because for no reason yeah so so nonsensical i'm surprised every time he wasn't on screen there wasn't like a, a boing, 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 boing sound effect i mean there right? probably was for all i know yeah <laughs> but okay so chicago yes chicago is to me satirical 
satirizing America, satirizing the court system, and satirizing the sensationalism around just journalism in America, really, how easy it is to manipulate manipulate journalists to get the masses on your side if you're a bad person, how easy it is to win over everybody when you're literally just like such a bad person and you can get away with anything as long as you look good in the media's eyes. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, that's a serious topic, but it's satirical in the way that it does it with like such a, such a cheeky way, so to speak. Like yeah. it's so clever and it's, it's very charming and it shouldn't be because it's just such despicable, the movie's just filled with such despicable people. And, yeah. you know, it's always, you know, not just satirizing all the stuff that I just said, but also Chicago, the city itself, because it's a rather corrupt city, Chicago. Like, it has, I don't know, like, well, the Windy City isn't a nickname because it's corruptness, but it's just, like, known that it's just, so, I mean, it's so corrupt. This was based on true stuff that happened in 1920s, and it was that corrupt, and it's, like, still that way. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just... I don't know. It's I heard it. I heard it said before that Chicago is like the quintessential American story, which mm. to me is equal parts kind of disconcerting. That this is like America. You watch this and being like, yeah. this is what America's about. America. Sorry, this is what America is about. Um, but it's also kind of true. Like it's it it's funny because it's true almost. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so. Chicago's satirical in a very enjoyable way and Moulin Rouge is way too goofy yet way too serious. What do you think? I agree. You agree? I agree 100%. Yeah, I... Like, Chicago talks about, like, obviously serious shit that still happens and, like, for fuck's sake, the Hungarian woman gets hung and is the first woman to get hung Mm -hmm. and that's sad and scary and shit, but the way the movie is made, it's, like, like you said, so charming and, like, enjoyable to watch even though it is talking about some serious ass shit and and it and nicole zellweger or fucking renee zellweger i'm sorry i mixed nicole kidman and yeah so renee renee zellweger (laughs) and Catherine zeta jones are criminals but they're so awesome like all the people look up to them they 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 are the moment they want to be like them you know so um and that's very much so true this day and age, like, you know, with celebrities and shit, you know, it's like terrible people doing terrible shit, but people like, you know, just like the loosely how people, you know, like look up, not look up to, but like idolize serial killers yeah. in that same type of way where like they glamorize, like, it's like, oh, you're beautiful and you're famous for this, but you're still a piece of shit, you know, so... I don't know. I, I really liked Chicago because of the way it was told. It was very charming, and Moulin Rouge just sucks ass. So, yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, like Chicago. That's all I have to say. I mean, fair enough. It's just like the way that Chicago <laughs> makes uh, whatever the fuck Renee Zell, Rosie, Roxy Hart. That's her character's name. Roxy. Yeah. How 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 the movie makes Roxy Hart such a like a narcissist, so enjoyable to watch, like. Exactly. It's like the movie is also tricking you. It's like really, it's smart where yeah, it's like it's showing it the media manipulation whilst manipulating you through media. You, like, yeah, exactly. It's 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 so acute. It's so aware of what it's doing, and it's mm-hmm. so 
just smart. Yeah, I love that. I didn't think about that like that. That's actually very true. And we are the fucking people who are like, (laughs) go Roxy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, to a degree. Like when I first saw the movie, the part where she's, you know, I was about to bust out in singing, but no, like when she's singing, you know, my name's going to be everywhere and I'm Roxy Mm -hmm. and all that shit. Like that's to me that. First time I saw it, I took it as, like, that's the beginning of the end for her. She's flying too close close to the sun. Right. She's getting too cocky, right? She's looking, you know, in that that musical set piece. Her, everywhere she looks, there's mirrors. She's so narcissistic looking at herself. And she's, like, I think she's above everything. She's, her name is going to be everywhere. She's better than everyone. Everyone loves her. And in that song, she also says, like, I think she says, like, who knew murder was an art? Like, it's just, like, the movie so many times just straight up tells you what it's about. But not in a way where it's, like, beating you on the head and it's annoying. It's just very clever with right. it. Right. So exactly. It's, like, that was the beginning of the end. Like, what? Because, you know, that was, like, her peak. You can only go down from the peak. So it's, like, exactly. it's not going to go good for her. And it doesn't, you know, at the end. Right. At the end, it's right after her trial when she's found not guilty. Another woman murders her husband, like, right outside the courthouse. And she's already, like, last week's news. Already. The cycle has started again. And now it's time to be obsessed with someone else. And that's just so... Like, this movie was ahead of its time. Because, like, that... Yeah. I'm sure for the time, 1920s, that was exaggerated. But, like, now, that is just straight up what happens. Within five minutes of someone... doing something it's already on to the next person literally there is no moment to breathe nowadays and it's just the best way to go about it is to just not engage yeah truly exactly like it's just so crazy i I hate that society is like that i fucking hate trends i hate shit like that because it's so fleeting it truly doesn't mean anything that's why i like to wear whatever the fuck i want i have wear shit that looks like I walked out of 2002 and I don't give a fuck, you know, because uh, that shit's coming back now. You know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Trends are so shitty. Popularity doesn't mean anything because it's all fleeting. It really doesn't mean anything. So I really like that that movie tells that story. Yeah, it's just, if you play the media game, it's it's never going to go your way because you're you cannot be in the spotlight forever. It's just not how it works. You will be replaced. You will be forgotten. And no one will care about you. You're treated as a commodity. That's a word, right? You're just treated as like a commodity. You're just someone to look at for a little bit. No one thinks of you as a human when you're in that machine. You're just gotten yep. rid of when when you're not you're not making enough money anymore. Okay, well, you're like, you, you don't matter anymore. We'll get the next person. And it's just, it's crazy. To know that, like, that is just for been happening for, like, a hundred years, probably even more in our country. Like, yeah, like they had sure. fucking newsboys saying, Mr. Mr., read all about it in this movie. Like, that's how far back mm-hmm. this shit went. Yeah. <laughs> and it's still like that now. Just yeah. on digital, Just you know? accelerated, multiplied by, like, so much. You know, I was touching on it quite a bit there, but, like, you know, Chicago takes place roughly a hundred years ago. Like, it's based on. Chicago is based on 
real events, real murders, I suppose, that happened in 1924. So it's mm-hmm. it's basically a hundred. You know, things didn't change that much. So right. things didn't change so quick. So it was pretty much a hundred years ago back then. So, you know, how much has the culture changed since then? And how much, how much things have stayed the same? Like, I know I kind of talked about that a lot, but I want your take on it. So I definitely think, you know, we talked about this when we were watching it, that like, you know, um, women were not really important as important back then and you know we even said like you know you what did you say how did you word it like about uh like you weren't you weren't like really looked at or taken seriously if you didn't have a husband like you were not a like a woman yeah if you weren't married and yeah almost didn't like count as a person like a woman had to be attached to a man to even be worthy of taking seriously yeah Right. Right. So that that is obviously changed <laughs> in some ways, you know. I still think society looks at women being single in their 30s or 40s or whatever as like a bad thing. I've seen plenty of reels and shit that have proven that theory and I'm just like that's really shitty. You know, like god forbid women are by themselves and want to work and just chill and not have babies, not have a fucking husband to raise and take care of. You know, like I, so yeah, I definitely think that, um, that touches on it. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, uh, you know, people still be killing their husbands and shit. That happens a lot. And like, see, that's where it goes back to the last question that like, obviously that's a bad thing and that happens now but like back then it's like i kind of don't fucking blame them at that point because times were hard you know like it's the whole world was so different back then and women really had it hard so it's like i get why they were going crazy and killing their fucking husbands like fuck you know yeah um when there was a lot less but, like like once a woman was in a marriage like that's just how it would be for the rest of her life there yeah, was no you'd have out. to just deal with it there was no way out. So maybe that's why women felt that they had to kill their husband or whatever they had to do, you know? Like, they, there was no way out, and they thought they could get away with it. Obviously, now, you know, divorce is so common. But, um, yeah, so it, it's it's really about the whole thing, in my opinion, with, like, the women's rights of, like, how, you know, you just deal with it back then. You don't have a voice. You really don't have... You just deal with your fucking husband. If you don't like him, go cheat on him, I guess. I don't know what to tell you. At that point, that's that's what they all did, it looks like, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, you can add to that. Uh, yeah, what do you think? <laughs> well, yeah, it's just, you know, there's so much. It's like as much as things changed, some aspects are the same. It's, you know, like one foot forward, two steps back type thing. Um, yeah. But, you know, outside of just women's rights, women's issues, like, you know, like I ranted about earlier, the culture of just sensationalism in media, but also, like, specifically in courts. Like, mm, yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Holy shit. Like, it, sh- it rings so true nowadays where court is just a place where you can get people on your side. It's not, it's not, you know... I I never thought that court was like this holy place where it's like you will truly be decided right. innocent or guilty but like yeah. it's not 
maybe at one point it was that, but whatever it used to be, it's now just a place to, to, you know, get fucking Twitter followers. So you then you can like go on the fucking Daily Wire and sell merch or some shit. Like it's yeah. just it's court is a place to be a piece of shit and to have fellow pieces of shit like you, so you can do piece of shit shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. It's just the way that this movie, you know, portrayed Court, where it's just, it's a circus, and if you just tap dance enough, you know, people will like you. Exactly. It's just, it's just a show. Like, it's, as, you know, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not, not it's, it's intentional. It's not an accident that, you know... Mm-hmm. The, a lot of the movie is about show business and being on the stage and also mm-hmm. about court because it's more or less the same thing. Being on stage and being in court are yes, the same you're thing. On. You have to put yep, on a performance in court. You're pretty much acting. You're literally yeah, exactly. acting when you're in court. Mm-hmm. And it's just whatever the audience wants. Your audience is the jury. And you mm-hmm. just do what you want. Like, in just the way, I love the way that the lawyer was portrayed. What's his name again? Billy, I think. Um, Richard Gere's character, the lawyer. It's He's just such a scumbag, and it's just so enjoyable to watch. Like, his when he's introduced, his his uh, music number, when he's introduced, it's like about how all he, all he cares about is love, and it's all, mm-hmm. it's showing that musical number, and then it's cutting to real life as well, where he just says, $5,000, all, all I... All you are to me is five thousand dollars. Give that to me, and then I and then I'll yeah. help you. It's just such a mm-hmm. such a enjoyable contrast, and that is a whole nother topic about you know how Roxy, you know all all of if not most of if not all of the musical numbers are like in Roxy's head. She's like delusional. She yeah. she's a mm-hmm. like an out of touch delusional narcissist. That right, it's like very... what she wants to happen. It's her fantasy. Yeah, she has such a skewed imagination, and all the the musical pieces, for the most part, are in are like of the perspective of like in her head. So like mm-hmm. seeing it, you know, when she first hears about this lawyer in her head, she's just this. He's this wonderful, lovely guy that only cares about about fixing your issues. He's all about helping women. And everything, and then he's just a complete scumbag that just just wants the money, and he'll just lie. He'll do whatever he needs to earn his money, but not like in a respectable way. And just yeah, it's so clever the framing of of the the disconnect between the the musical numbers and what's really going on. It just it strengthens the delusion that Roxy has. It really just shows you yep. how messed up the things are, how everything is, and it's just so smart. I agree. Then you got you got Moulin Rouge over here, which is doing nothing. It's doing nothing, and it is nothing. It's, it's just so Madonna. Level. It's just fucking Nirvana. Madonna, Nirvana. <laughs> it's it's doing nothing. It's just nothing. like a. It's so like like I said, surface level, fast paced, absolute no like deeper meaning behind it. It's there. It's so. Uh, it's, it's no it's substance. So pointless. 
Yeah, it's pointless romance. It's so, it, it, like, I don't even, like, it was sad when Nicole, spoiler alert, when Nicole Kidman dies in Ewan McGregor's arms. That's sad in any fucking movie. I don't even but remember But besides that. that, I'm like, you weren't watching. You were on your phone. <laughs> no, I was watching. But you know what I mean? Maybe. Oh, okay. Maybe. But anyways, um, it's not giving Titanic. It's not giving anything. It's just so, I can't. I can't. Nothing. It's just... I don't know. Like, why? Just, I can't like, think of a of reason. words at this point. Yeah, it's just, especially just, I, this is why I'm so confused that Moulin Rouge and Chicago are spoke about in the same vein. Because Chicago yeah. is, like, masterful, so well made, and, like, criticizes and satirizes so many aspects of America, the entire nation, and then Moulin Rouge is like Nirvana, but it's 1899. <laughs> yeah. It's so out of touch and so, like, uh, I just, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, on its own, maybe it could be something. But just in looking at it as well as looking at Chicago, it's just the movie stands no chance. I almost feel bad for Moulin Rouge because it's talked about in, in the same vein as Chicago. I don't get why. I don't I don't get why it's so like critically acclaimed, so highly praised. It's it's good, but it's like not that fucking good. We're like I thought we were gonna like it. I was like, oh yeah, I mean everyone's always talked about Moulin Rouge. And then you yeah. see it and you're just like, Is this the same fucking movie? Yeah, like I, what? Did, did we click the wrong no. thing on Hulu? Yeah, for real. It was just crazy. It was just nonsense. Yeah. Nonsense. None of it made sense. It was nonsense. Right. It sucked. Um, so I have a question for you. You do? Yeah, I do. It's a really good one. Um, this is a good question in my opinion. I think it's a really good one. Did you Do you think the cast of each respective movie makes the movies better or does it not help? Well, with Chicago, yeah, the cast is so good in that movie. These people in this movie worked their asses off. They were they did everything. Yeah, they did they the did. singing. They did the dancing. They, danced, they, they sing. got ripped yep. as fuck. Yeah, they did. Like some some people, you know, outside of the main cast, like in that in the really great musical number with all the the murderesses singing, you know, why they did what they did. Some of them, uh-huh. they they they. I feel like. That was bad. Some of them were way too skinny. Like, oh, yeah. Well, it was 2001, so, or 2002. And, you know, skinny, skinny. That was the thing back then, you know, like, not like anorexia, but, you know, like crash dieting. uh, What was the one, you know, um, Anna Nicole Smith did? uh, Like, you know, that just that all those toxic, crazy fucking diets. That was the thing back then. To be skinny as fuck. So it makes sense. Yeah, but that I think is just a, a problem with. Because, you know, I assume, I'm, this is me assuming, but, um, you know, Rob Marshall, this was his first movie that he directed, if you didn't know. And he was, he was from Broadway. You know, he had worked in Broadway and then oh, he directed okay. this. So my guess is that all, pretty much all of the dancers in those movies outside of the main cast were from Broadway. And, and they were already so skinny. Yeah, and that's it. just yeah. kind of a problem with Broadway at large. Like everything, documentaries that I've seen of behind the scenes of Broadway, 
these dancers are just so unhealthily skinny that if there was a gust of wind, they'd be gone. It's just not good. Yeah. It's really not yeah. good. But it's like what yeah. they want in Broadway. I don't yes. know if that's the case anymore, but back then, it was not good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so, you know, that's kind of a tangent. But, you know, like Richard Gere, he did the he did that tap dancing in, in the court scene. He learned how to tap dance for it. That's so awesome. Yeah. God, that's amazing. And and I mean, I knew Catherine Zeta-Jones can sing, but I had no idea all of them could dance. I didn't know Renee Zellweger could sing. I know. I'm like, oh my God, like you're a great just, singer. It's crazy. This is amazing. And yeah. For me personally, this is odd because, you know, Renee Zellweger, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Richard Gere, I don't think I've seen anything else that they're in. I think I've only seen this really? movie. So it's like, this is just how they are to wow. me. Like, these people are just fucking insane. <laughs> they're such good actors. We should watch more of their movies. Yeah. Like, I can't... I don't know. Like, I feel... When I look up pictures of Catherine Zeta-Jones, I feel like she just doesn't look anything like how she does in this movie. I feel like everyone in this movie just looks completely different than how they do in most other things. It's so odd. Like, this is such a... Yeah, I mean, it's the hairstyles and shit, you know, but... I guess. Yeah. And it is, you know, 20 years ago, so... That's true. But everyone looks the same to me. Richard Gere looks the same. Uh, I don't know. I think, but I mean, obviously Renee Zellweger looks a lot different because she, she's gotten yeah. a lot of work done, you know, yeah, in the past 20 years. Thing. So. Oh, and how did we forget about Queen Latifah? My God, Queen Latifah. Oh, she was so good God. in this. So good. She's so awesome. She's great in everything almost. Yeah. Especially if she's singing, she's fucking awesome. Yeah, she I was, love her. She, she fits so well in this roaring mm-hmm. 20s burlesque vibe she does her song was so good in this movie so good Mm -hmm. so good every pretty much every song is so fucking good in this movie this is such a fucking good movie such a good musical (laughs) okay it's so good so good Mm -hmm. i agree what about what do you think about i mean people they were just there in moulin rouge (laughs) like i don't know they were fine Mm -hmm. (sighs) mm-hmm They were just doing their thing. I don't know. Like, yeah. I guess they sung good. I guess they sung good, I guess. Um, <laughs> they were just doing their thing. Yeah. It's just unremarkable overall. I'm sorry, but like, I don't know. They did fine. Mm-hmm. Was it was it them singing? Do you know? Was, was it Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman? Yes. Were they actually singing? Yes. Yeah, well, good for them, yes, I guess. But you know, Renee Zellweger and Catherine tell. Jones and Richard Gere did it all better in Chicago, singing as well. They did. But, well, they it's did. just it's not as energetic. Moulin Rouge, like the the musical sequences, like they're just kind of pacing back and forth, looking longingly. But in Chicago, they're fucking going. They're busting their asses. They are going off in Chicago. <laughs> they are it going. It is insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I'm pretty sure that Catherine Zeta-Jones won an Oscar for her role. She fucking better. She's amazing yeah. in this movie. Um, So if you want my opinion. Yeah, please. <laughs> um, 
I totally agree. I think I was, like I said, I was pleasantly surprised with uh, Renee Zellweger. Mm -hmm. I was so shocked. I was like, wow, like this might be my favorite movie of hers. And I had no idea Richard Gere, you know, could sing or dance. Like it was all so classy. Even like the background dancers were obviously they're probably, like you said, from Broadway. So crisp. The movie was so fucking good. And you can tell they put so much work into that movie. Learning the song, singing, perfecting. Mm -hmm. With Moulin Rouge, it did not feel that way. It felt so, like, hastily put together. And, like... Hectic. Just... Yeah, just very hectic and, like, very loose. And, like, just not... Not tight. Not crisp. Not, not like, practiced. It was very just, like... Like, I, the one scene that stands out for me, and I know I'm talking about the cast, but I wanted to point this out, that do you remember when they're trying to convince the Duke that, like, the play and shit, and they're singing, like, all of them, all the, all the fucking people are singing, mm-hmm. even, even the, um, you know, they're all together singing, making up this play to convince him? I'm just like, I'm like, who thought of this? Who thought of this? And even in the fucking Roxanne part, it's so... The people are so god fucking random. They're so random and they're so... It's just that they don't... They are not physically appealing. You know, they don't look as good. I don't know. Maybe it's like... The color palette, the lighting in that movie is not as good, in my opinion. Moulin Rouge. Um, Yeah, that's fair to say for sure. It's it's so weird and I just fucking hate it. But anyways, Nicole Kidman, I love you. You're great. You're a great actress. You're a good singer. Ewan McGregor, love, love to always see him act and sing. That's great. Everything, everyone and everything else. I don't give a fuck. Absolutely forgettable. I don't give a shit. It was terrible. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah, well, I think... What kind of sets the two apart, like what you said, it's just Moulin Rouge is just kind of ugly. And I think yeah. how, how many cuts there are, I know I ranted about that earlier, but that really does affect. It really, it it really does. affects like what, because, you know, you think about Chicago, like a lot of it, you know, the musical numbers and all the dancing, a lot of it is just long takes. There's very, there's not very many cuts yeah. because it's just... Mm-hmm. You know, they're just dancing on a stage and it's just a camera pointed at the stage. And it's just, it's so much easier to soak up everything and to understand what the fuck is going on. Yes. And it's just, mm-hmm. I don't mean to belittle Boz Lerman, but like such rampant cutting is somewhat indicative of quality and know-how. Yeah, Like I agree. Like a really masterful director can do a lot with one shot with all you need I've, is one shot we always talk about that we're like holy shit was that one take i i do that in movies all the time i'm like oh my god that entire scene was one take like it's it's so impressive when movies do that you know but when you have too many takes it's or cuts it's just like it it, it just it takes the um what it like the not professionalism but like it takes the meaning out of that fucking scene yeah it completely takes the like thing out of it and you're just like yeah it's like it's hard to be emotional when you're it's like yes (laughs) yes 
yes. It's just like, yes. It feels exactly. like you're being shaken around. It's just like, what the exactly. fuck is going on? I can't feel emotion. Exactly. I'm looking here. 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 I don't know what the fuck is going on. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly how it felt. Like it just feels like so someone's just like, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> Are you feeling emotion right now? Yeah. I'm staying like this. Oh I'm my not changing. God. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, I totally agree that it. Um, oh my god. Like the Blair Witch Project, but a musical. Yes, yes, it is. Everything is like the Blair Witch Project to you. I swear to God. Well, I mean, yeah. Even though I've not even seen it. <laughs> I lied. Fixing my hair. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I have no idea of what we were saying. Yeah, just that Moulin Rouge, the cuts. It's it really does take away from the like seriousness of the movie. It makes it so like you said, it's like a goddamn TikTok. It's like oh, like yeah. this sucks. Yeah, it's it's ahead of its time in, in an unfortunate way. Yeah, it is right. <laughs> They're like. In in twenty two years, this is how people will be filming with their cell phones. Quick, quick fucking takes that you can't fucking pay attention to, so you gotta watch it twice. Type no, thing. I never watched that again. I don't know. I, no. I just became Elvis. Boz Lerman's <laughs> affecting me. Oh my god! It's just oh, Boz Lerman. My god. I just I can't with him. He's so insane. Yeah. It's just too much for as long as his movies are too. Like Elvis oh, was like what two and a half fuck. hours, and like well, you know Great that Gatsby. was warranted. I fucking love that movie. I cried my fucking eyes out. But you know what? That's different because Elvis was an actual person. That was a story of his life, and that was it. Was so good. You know what I mean? Like that's warranted. I feel like. Yeah. But with this, this is just, just like random shit. It's just so, I'm telling you, if anybody watches this fucking movie, or if you have seen this movie, please try to tell me and explain why was the beginning the way it was? Any any reason, just tell me why, why, yeah, why? Explain why it's good. If you like it, please yeah. just, well, not justify yourself, yeah. but justify the movie. Please let yeah, us know please, please what, tell us. what we're missing here. Yeah. Please. Yes, exactly. What are we not seeing that everybody else is like, oh, Mulan Rouge is so good. We're just like... No, the fuck it's not. Like, and and it, it's like a consens- consensus between us. We're just like, we both think this is terrible. Yeah, this is it, not just like, a me thing. Ten minutes in, yeah. we have to pause and be like, like we're both experiencing Do the we same thing watch right this? now, right? <laughs> Yeah. I know. I was like, Kinka, I don't think I can do this today. Like, I'm I'm not doing good right now. Like, this is this is not good. Yeah, and even, but we we hung through. Even on IMDb, Moulin Rouge. Is rated higher than Chicago. That is such a fucking insult. Yeah, to and Chicago. You know, I had a, a feeling that was confirmed. I looked at recent ratings of Chicago because I just I just knew what I would see, and I, I I hate that I was wrong, but it's just so funny. It's just it's woke. It's it's anti man. It's it's all about oh, women killing you. men. It's it's oh, misandrist. 
so what is Moulin Rouge? See, that's exactly what I'm saying. And you know what? I don't give a shit if I offend anybody. This is, this is exactly how society is, is that in Moulin Rouge, there's a woman trying to rape a man and guys think that's okay sometimes. A, a, a lot of guys are like, oh, that's cool. Oh, who should happen you know? to me? Gosh. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like, no, it's feet, still but... not okay. It's yeah. still not okay. Rape is rape. And it so... doesn't matter who the fuck is initiating it. Exactly, exactly. So so it's funny how people are like, oh, it's anti-man Chicago is. Oh, really? Oh, be- so Moulin Rouge is not because the woman's raping the guy. Okay, got it. But even just... Fucking stupid. Moulin Rouge is just fucking off. annoying. Like, Nicole Kidman is such, like, a ditzy character. Like, just, yeah. like, like, a... What's manic pixie dream girl almost? Yeah, like she's yeah. just like very oh, unhinged. Ooh, I want to have sex with every man that I'm in a room alone with. Oh, and also I'm dying slowly. It's so gross. Like it's just the trope of just yeah, like, and dead constantly wife. fainting. Like you know, yeah, it's always exactly. like, a man looking at a picture of his dead wife longingly. Like she is that dead wife. It's just it's so <laughs> annoying. Yeah, it's yeah, it really is. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's doing nothing. She has no, she, she has no, like, character depth or development. And at least, like, you know, at least Renee Zellweger was, like, somewhat of a floozy. But, like, she has depth. She, you know, she, we just, it focuses on her more. Like, how the fuck do we have more understanding and lore and depth with multiple characters in Chicago and then we don't even fucking understand the two main characters in freaking Moulin Rouge. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's storytelling. It's 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 the way the story was told and yeah, the, the directing way the story and this. Was yeah, conveyed. it was. Just, it really it is was conveyed so poorly yeah. in Moulin Rouge. Um, being a jukebox musical took priority over telling a sensical story in Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Just playing a uh, song, playing popular songs was more important in Moulin Rouge than being a movie. And it's just so such annoying. a such a stupid storyline in Moulin Rouge where it's just uh, the, the wealthy guy just trying to essentially buy Nicole Kidman as a wife. Right? It's just yeah. such a... I mean, I guess it's warranted for 1899. I guess that would happen. But it's just so... A love triangle. Just, I'm so it's fucking so told. Yeah, love it's triangles. so fucking told. Bro, we had this in Titanic. Sit the fuck down. Yeah, it's a lot. You like, know, Ewan McGregor is is fucking Jack. Leonardo DiCaprio. He's fucking Leonardo yeah, DiCaprio. Yeah, Jack. <laughs> Sorry, I'm kidding. Yeah. Oh my god, I thought you were being serious. I was like, all right, we've got to stop this podcast. No, um. I can't with you. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and then you've got Billy Zane as, you know, Zane. the rich guy. Yeah. I fucking <laughs> love him. Um, <laughs> but, and then, and then, oh, and then of course, you have the fucking main character, Redhead, who's conflicted, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. They literally just copied Titanic. Yeah, That's it, all they it's did. It's also a lot like fucking, it's even more so actually yeah. like Shakespeare in Love. Oh, because okay. you know Shakespeare's a writer, you know Ewan McGregor's mm-hmm. a writer, and then I don't know he likes Gwyneth Paltrow because she exists. This just with it's mm-hmm. just movies need to do a better job about explaining why characters are in love. Just people existing isn't enough yeah. for love. We need chemistry. We need reasons. Exactly. We need this person is this way, this person is this way, and they are good for each other and they love each other. <sighs> yeah, and you know what? I'm sorry with the with the love 
thing between Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor, it was so, like, weird. It just, like, like I was like, does she actually love him? Are they just hooking up? Do, and then he was, like, jealous. And I'm like, this is weird. It just, it Not didn't healthy. feel genuine. It didn't feel genuine at all. It yeah. didn't feel... And honestly, I like that Chicago doesn't have a love story. Like I, oh, yeah, no, it doesn't. It's literally about these women trying to get the fuck out and be famous and do what they want to do. I like that. I like that there was no love story. I mean, obviously in the beginning, right, Nicole? Fucking Renee Zellweger kills the guy that I love, whoever, whatever the fuck his name is in the movie. But, you know, that's it. Like, and she doesn't even want her husband. I like that there's no love triangle. That's so tired and played out. I want, that's what I said with Knives Out. I said, I'm glad that Benoit Blanc is fucking gay. I'm glad that he's not trying to hook up with someone because I don't want the love. I don't want that. I like other things besides that. It's refreshing. I hate love. Yeah, I fucking do. (laughs) Oh, God. But you know what I mean. It's just so tired and played out. Love story. I'm so over it. And it's just like, it's like the easiest thing to do. But at the same time, they don't even do it well. So is it easy to do it? You're fucking it up? I don't know. I really don't know. Like, it's just Chicago. Yeah, it's just a love triangle. A love story just wouldn't fit Chicago in any way. It's about people that, right. like, are just so narcissistic. They don't feel love. The, the, the only love they have is for themselves. They think they're owed the world. And they'll, yeah. they'll manipulate. They'll kill. They'll do anything they need to get on the stage. Mm-hmm. So, I love it. Yeah. Love. There you go. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Man, fucking Moulin Rouge. So just... Did, and Buzz Lerman, he made the Romeo and Juliet movie before this, right? That was like in the 90s, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Hmm. Interesting. So, Kinka, both movies have a similar style, but which one uses the style more effectively? Yeah, well, this is the thing. I think this is why people associate the two movies is because they do have a somewhat similar style like okay they're both musicals from that came out close to each other and they're a bit Mm -hmm. zany they're a bit out there like Mm -hmm. you know there's there's parts in chicago where there is a lot of cutting but it's like you know showing you things that actually matter exactly it's done really well and it's you know the the musical pieces here's the, the similarities in style that i would say like the you know the imaginative outlandish uh, musical pieces in Chicago that aspect of the movie is what all of Rulon M- Rulon Mouge is <laughs> yeah you know what I exactly mean? Like, like the part uh, they both reached for the gun that musical piece where like they're all vent- ventriloquist dolls or dummies in, in mm-hmm. Chicago like that yeah. is just all of Moulin Rouge yeah it's absolutely so chaotic and like like, like in Chicago, sorry to cut you off, I just have to say this. In Chicago, it's done so well. You understand, they are like puppets. They do what he says, blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever. He, they, they take the, she takes advice of the lawyer. You know, the, the journalists are puppets. Mm-hmm. If Moulin Rouge did that, we'd be like, 
what the fuck are we watching? Like, it wouldn't make sense. It yeah. doesn't translate well. Yeah, Moulin Rouge is like the surface level version of that, where it's just yes. using the aesthetic, but it's doing nothing. It's not saying anything. It's just exactly. using a similar aesthetic and doing nothing, saying nothing, mm-hmm. being nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just, this is, this is, this looks cool. Let's do it. I'm Boz Lerman. Hello, everybody. It's yeah. just. <laughs> Chicago is just like there's so many layers and there's so many aspects to Chicago that is just so fucking good and Moulin Rouge is kind of similar style and that's just about it so it's like on the yeah. on the most shallow on the most surface level they have similar style but if you just pay the slightest attention to both of them you'll see that there's nothing there with Moulin Rouge and there's about like 10 layers of of critique and satire in Chicago yeah it's just it's just like colors and costumes and set design in Moulin Rouge because we did say oh wow especially Nicole Kidman's dressing room we were like holy shit that's like very beautiful like you know and they they won awards for their costumes and their set design so it's nice and it, it's cool and pretty. It looks good, but there's no depth. There's no story behind it. And it's just like, this is the same old fucking shit, you know? Like, and that's why you can't like love the characters as much as you could if, you know, as much as you do in Chicago. Like, even though they're bad, I still love them more than I love them in Moulin Rouge, you know? Yeah, like, they're just, so they're just more likable. Yeah, they're they're them. fun. Exactly. They're not forgettable, but like everybody everybody in Moulin Rouge was literally just a fucking extra unless it was the two people, three people maybe. Everybody was just so forgettable and pointless. Mhm. No reason. In my opinion. No yeah, no for rhyme Moulin or reason. Rouge to fucking exist. It's just nothing So, I'm gonna fucking like cry. This movie is just so fucking bad. <laughs> yeah. I just question it. I just question. Maybe they they caught wind that Chicago was happening and they wanted to, you know, get ahead of it. So they made a similar movie quickly and then released it a that, little bit before that's, Chicago. That's what it feels like. That's exactly what this feels like. Here, let me look up what 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 month. Um. Yeah. Yeah, because you know they do that like with uh you know it's uh. A Bug's Life and Ants, you know, Pixar, yes. Scott Wynn that Pixar was making uh, A Bug's Life, so then they quickly turned around Ants and then released it before Bug's Life to try to be like, we did it first, actually. <laughs> yeah. And stuff like that. And, you know, um, it's just, it's just okay, like, here we go. So, okay. Um... It was released in theaters. Moulin Rouge was in May of 2001, and Chicago was December 2022. So, I mean, they may have caught wind of it and just... Yeah. So, it was like a whole year. You said, you said 22. You said 2022. Okay. Um, 2002. <laughs> um, it's weird saying that, you know. Um, but either way... So, about... Ugh. Over like a, a year, year, but you... Yeah, but you got to film, you got to talk yeah. about the movie, you know, so if someone probably caught wind of it and was like, this is our time, let's yeah. fucking make this movie. Yeah, smoking a big cigar, we got to do this, kid, we got to make a movie just yeah. like Chicago, we'll be on the top, <laughs> we'll win all the awards. 
I mean, I imagine it because I imagine Chicago took a yeah. took, uh, like three years to make. Because that's yeah, just such, it fucking such an undertaking. It shows that yeah. people had to learn and stuff. Yeah, so it, it makes sense why, but. And that's what happens, kids, when you fucking make a movie and you take your time and you don't rush the shit and everybody learns how to do their own stunts and dance and shit. But then when you get Moulin Rouge, no one's doing anything. A whole bunch of nothing. Yeah. It's <laughs> Everyone's like, just acting. When there was dancing in Moulin Rouge, you know, it was good, I guess, but it was very basic. It was just yeah. Like, it was just people lifting people up. Yeah. Or you too know crazy. what? I will say. I will say. In the Roxanne part, there was a lot of extras. You know, a lot of background backup dancers. You know, whatever the fuck, dancing. But it's like, I don't give a fuck about them. You know, or like the you know you have the burlesque dancers at the beginning dancing when Nicole Kidman's around. They were honestly annoying as shit. Yeah. I wish they weren't there. It's just, I, I just, I, I can't, I can't. And then, and then, and then you have in Chicago, you know, that one scene where the women are telling their crimes mm-hmm. and they're singing that little song. It's enjoyable. It actually gives characters we never see again a backstory. It's nice. It's, it's so good. I'm like, wow, I just learned something about someone that doesn't matter, but it makes them like more it humanizes them it makes them more enjoyable but then when you've got these random burlesque dancers that you you'll never see again you're like what are you doing taking up space in this shot like it just i can't i can't they thought with moulin rouge that the more people that are in a shot the better the movie is or something i don't know yes and all it did was water it down it it didn't overwhelming yeah it was like just oh my god yeah there's so many people all of the time but then when you focus on, I, I, I don't know, I just can't. Their movies just aren't comparable. They're not the same at all, in my opinion. And one is way better than the other. Yeah, so, well, the question, which do you prefer, I think answers itself, doesn't it? I Yes, I prefer Chicago mm-hmm. all 100%. And I was very pleased uh, at how good it was. I had no idea yeah. that it was going to be so great. Yeah, likewise, when I first saw it, you know, I thought it was like in the, in the same vein as like, uh, what's it called? Philadelphia? That's a movie, right? With like with Tom Hanks. Like I thought it was, is it Philadelphia? What the Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It's just like, I sounds thought, something. Yeah. It sounds I thought it was like going to be like Annie or some shit. Like just some like family right. friendly yeah. escapade. Me too. Me too. Yeah. yeah. So it's just so, such a oh, fuck. crazy movie it's so sexually driven and so just insane yeah fucking bullshit was that really how the 20s were that would be crazy i don't know for real wasn't there so so obviously (laughs) oh yeah so obviously you prefer chicago yes uh any day i literally i could watch i could watch Chicago chicago like every day but I, yeah, I could, really I couldn't. So if I if I watched Moulin Rouge every day, I'd be dead within a week. <laughs> Same, honestly, from depression <laughs> and tuberculosis, yeah, honestly. Or whatever the hell she had. I swear they yeah. just made some shit up. It's like, oh, she has uh, yeah, gonna die TB. Yeah, it's just so stupid. I'm like, <laughs> bro, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. 
Yeah. Anyways, what would you rate these movies out of five, each of them? Chicago's a five. And Moulin Rouge is like, I don't know, two stars, one and a half star? I'll say one and a half. I completely agree. I, I agree. Chicago is a five. It is that fucking good. It really is so good. It's so enjoyable. And Moulin Rouge is two stars. Mm-hmm. I'll give it because it's Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman. Yeah, one star and the one fucking song. Yes, and the one song that's good in the movie. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, so, you know, Chicago. That's the name of the movie we're talking about. Chicago. Um <laughs> won Best Picture at the Oscars and it beat the second Lord of the Rings movie. Lord of the Rings Two Towers. I um, love the Lord of the Rings more than anything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Chicago is more deserving of Best Picture than the Two Towers, the second Lord of the Rings movie. Uh, Because of the three, it's my least favorite. We'll get into it one day. Perhaps, perhaps we'll talk about Lord of the Rings on the pod. Um, the episode will be as long as one of the extended editions of the movies. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, I adore Lord of the Rings as a whole. I'm not too fond of the Two Towers movie. So yeah, compared mm-hmm. to that specific movie in Chicago, like there's just, there's just no contest. Chicago is so fucking good. Like when I first saw it, I was like, how have I not seen this yet? How have I been right. blind to this my whole life? Yeah. It is a good movie. Yeah. But yeah. Wow, they won a lot of movies. I mean, a lot of... Uh, <laughs> awards. Awards, yeah. yeah. Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge? Yeah. Fucking hell, what did it win? Best no, fucking I, bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> no, I just... I'm so shocked. Every time I see that, I'm just like, how? Mm-hmm. Fucking somebody tell me. Anyway, so now we want to get on to our Patreon... Yes. Um, we have a Patreon, mm-hmm. and it's true. It's I agree. Great. Yes, we have a Patreon, and we have three different tiers, and one of them is one dollar, the other one is four, and the other one is eight. So if you'd like to contribute to us, you know, it helps us pay for. It helped us pay for Kinka's microphone that he just got. Yep, we, we had to get him a new mic. So with the donations from you guys and things like that, it's really helped. And obviously it helps us rent movies as well. Mm-hmm. And we also have, you know, we have our um, patron-only Discord where we tell you <laughs> when we remember um, <laughs> what movies we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we'll, so we'll do that right now. Actually, I will tell you guys what we're doing. And, you know, you get the podcast a uh, week early. So that's always good. But yeah, mostly it just helps support us and uh, it keeps us motivated to keep going. And we love doing this for you. So thanks for supporting us. And if you want to say our new our patrons and our new patron we got. Yeah, I will. Let me just pull it up because I kind of forgot to. Do you want? Um, oh, okay. No, no, it's I okay. I can it. do it. I got to do it. I got it. I got it. Okay. You did it last time. Now it's my turn, maybe. Yeah, um, you can cut it. You can okay. cut all this part. Uh, let's, show, let's show the audience our true selves. Oh my it's, it's god. It's at the end, no. no one's watching anyways, it's over. <laughs> yeah. Um so thank you, Sam Lenz, which is our newest patron. That's the word. Our newest patron, Sam Lenz. Thank you. With our B movie lover B-movie tier. Lover. Four dollar tier. 
$4 tier, that's the good one. Yeah. Also, I mean, also $8 tier is good, but 4 is good too. Um, so yeah. Sam Lenz, Lucy and Voldy. Two for the price of one. Is that fair? I don't know. Should we change that? Uh, Water Bucket, Panda Bear, Legend Gaming, and Sam here, who was our first patron. Yep. And, yeah, thank you all. Appreciate it. Yeah. And next, our next episode is our 10th episode, and we are going to be doing a live episode, live on YouTube, <laughs> on the YouTube channel, Two Movies, One Pod. You're probably watching it there. Yes. Uh, we're going to be doing... Are, are we... Are, have we... Are we're not going to announce here what we're doing. <laughs> okay. If you're in the fucking Discord, you'll know. But um, yeah, it's going to be really fun. And so we're going to get with our patrons first because they matter the most. And, you know, see what day works for all of them that they can watch. And yeah, it'll be cool. We'll be able to re- like interact in real time and you guys can share your thoughts with us and answer, you know, the questions that we end up coming up with. So yeah, it'll be really fun. And uh, <laughs> this we've never done this before, so yeah. it'll be exciting. I'm really excited to do it. So yeah, keep on the lookout for that. Maybe we'll uh, post, we'll, we'll schedule the live. Maybe we'll do that uh, and let you guys yeah. know. Yeah, so you can see it on YouTube hopefully before then. So yeah, just... uh. Keep a lookout. Follow us on our Instagram at Two Movies One Pod, and we'll definitely post some updates there. Yeah, well, so, it'll, yeah. Be, it'll be roughly probably sometime in June, later, early to mid June. Yeah, that that we know mm-hmm. for sure. But specific yeah. date, stay tuned. Follow us on the fucking yeah. thing. Join the Patreon to be in the Discord and whatnot. Yeah. Stay ready. You never know when it could happen. Even though I just gave you a rough uh, time frame, but you never know. <laughs> Yeah, it'll most likely be on a Saturday or Sunday. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you guys. And let us know in the comments if you've watched either of these movies. And if you like them or if you don't, just let us yeah. know. If you like Moulin Rouge, you have to explain yourself. You cannot <laughs> yes, watch yes. this without commenting and justifying <laughs> yourself. Okay. Exactly. You need to answer for your crimes. Because this <laughs> shit, I don't understand. I don't, I'm flabbergasted. Same. Make us understand. Make us understand. <laughs> or try to make us understand. Yes. But anyways. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye. Later.